Look with me in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, 2 Timothy 1. Glory be to God. Do we know how blessed we are? We're so blessed. Blessed people call us blessed. Is that right? Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, they say, oh, we blessed, but, but you want to see blessed. <laughs> Second Timothy 1, verse 12. Spirit of God through Paul, he said, for the which cause I suffer these things, and the things he's talking about suffering was persecution for preaching the gospel. And uh, we are not redeemed from that. In fact, the Bible says, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer, not being sick, not being broke, persecution. Persecution. So if you follow God fully, people will talk about you. Unpleasant things. And the, the more publicly you do it, and if you want to increase that, get on TV and on the internet. And if you want to bump it up some more, talk about prosperity Woo. and healing, talking in tongues. Whoa. <laughs> I heard somebody the other day said some real negative things about me. Not the first time. But I thought, it's obvious from what they said, they probably never heard me speak. They, they, they don't know anything about me. And you can be hurt and you can lash out, but that's just being immature and uh, weak. But anytime something bothers you, instead of judging them, you want to come back and say, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Well, that just makes me mad. Well, just make up your mind you're not going to do it. Yeah. And I thought, it's a very foolish thing to decide and judge somebody and say negative things about them, and you don't know them. Never been around them? How many know that that really paints you in a bad light? That you would do that. And it's sowing some bad seed. How many would like other folks to get to know you or at least try to get to know you before they decide bad things about you? Well, then if you want that, you must sow that if you're going to reap that. So anytime if somebody says some bad things about your acts negatively against you don't judge them back because it's an endless cycle yeah. it just keeps on going and getting worse the Bible talks about forgiving yeah. right yeah. Jesus on the cross what did he say about the people that nailed him to the cross yeah. Father, forgive them. Father forgive them they don't know what they're doing they don't re- and they didn't realize who he was and what they were doing and, and most of the time that's the case. People don't realize what they're saying and what they're doing. But make up your mind, I'm not going to do that. 
So he was suffering persecution because of preaching the gospel, being in the ministry. He said, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Why don't you confess that? Say, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Now, we've been talking for the last couple of Sundays about the Lord, my keeper, the Lord who keeps us. And there's revelation here in so many things, but he is able to keep what? Not everything and everyone. He's able to keep what? That which is committed to him. He's not responsible to keep it unless you commit it to him for keeping. And I believe before this is over, we're going to get into some detail about how to do that. Are you interested in how to do that? But I think before we get to that, we still have to get established in what's going on in the earth. Look with me in, uh, let's say, go to uh, Luke, the 13th chapter. We looked at this already, but it bears repetition. We Minds need to be renewed. And the way you renew your mind, if you've been ingrained in wrong thinking for your whole life, it doesn't always just change because you heard the truth. A lot of times you've got to hear it again, and you've got to hear it again and keep, keep bumping up against that and think, hold on now. Yeah, but this is what we've always believed. Yeah, but that don't make it right. In uh, Luke, the 13th chapter in the first verse is life-changing revelation directly from the head of the church himself. Jesus here is speaking to the people, and he said there were present at that season some that told him, told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now this was... A horrible thing that had happened. If it was today, it would be on the news everywhere, nationally and internationally, that these individuals had gone to the synagogue to offer sacrifices, according to the law, I suppose. And for some reason, Pilate sent soldiers and they slaughtered the people as they were killing the animals. They just killed everybody in the synagogue. And verse 2, Jesus answered and said, Suppose ye, do you think that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans because they suffered such things? He's getting into something that people have wrestled with for generations. Why? Did this awful thing happen to them? 
And you've heard people ponder the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And uh, people who are religious, and even people who do genuinely have faith in God, oftentimes they'll say, why did God do that? Or, why did God let that happen? Is that a common thing? We don't know why God did that, but he must have had a reason. He must have had some purpose. And uh, what a lot of people have thought, well, yeah, there was some evil going on there that you didn't know about. These were some bad people, really. And bad things happen to bad people. So that's what Jesus brought it up. Because he knew some of the people were thinking it. He said, do you suppose, do you think that those people were worse than everybody else in that area because that those terrible things happened to them? Verse 3, I tell you, nay. That's the answer to the whole thing. What does nay mean? That's that's. King James, we'd say, no, no. Now, we we need to let this get in us. When anybody implies that a bad thing happened, some kind of catastrophe, some kind of disaster happened, and people imply, well, yeah, I knew there was a lot of sin in that city. That's why them floods hit them. God caught up with them. Well, that's not reasonable because if you analyze every other city in the world, there's some that are obviously much worse. So why didn't they get hit first? When Hurricane Katrina hit uh, New Orleans, somebody implied it was because of all the sin in New Orleans. Oh, you should have heard Jesse Duplantis. Man, steam come out of his ears. He said, I'm in New Orleans. He talked about the other churches, the other believers. And it's true. It's true. How many know if you're looking for cities that had the most sin, there would be an obvious consistency to it. And there's not. And why are there innocents? killed. Little children. Never done anything bad in their whole life. And they're destroyed through violence or through so-called natural disasters. Why do these things happen? Well, men try to answer them in their ignorance. Keep reading. Back up to verse 3. He said, I tell you no. But then here's the answer. Except you repent. Now that's not what the world wants to hear. That's not what the church wants to hear. In fact, repentance has become completely unpopular in many Christian circles. And some people say, well, yeah, but now, Brother Keith, you just don't understand. You you haven't been enlightened. Jesus was preaching to people under the law 
and he was teaching the law. No, he was not. He was speaking to people under the law, but he did not teach the law at all. If you don't believe it, spend some time in Matthew chapter 5. Go through it carefully and see how many times he says, it's written in the law, but I say to you. It's written in the law, but I say to you. He was introducing the new covenant and being led by the Spirit and walking by faith in love. Not keeping the law. And it's a very serious thing. That some. Maybe they didn't. I hope they didn't mean to. But some in pushing their doctrines. Have disrespected the words of Jesus. And have implied. His words are not for us. Directly to us today. Friend that's a serious. Serious thing. I want you to know every word. That came out of the master's mouth. Is life changing and life giving and for you. Don't you let somebody tell you wrong. It's not true. Jesus said the law and the prophets were until John. Not Jesus. John. The law and the prophets were until John. Not Jesus. John. Jesus didn't teach the law. He introduced the new covenant. He said, no, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. The key to deliverance is repentance. Repentance is some of the best news you have ever heard that you will ever here in your entire life, repentance is your way out. It's your way out. You'll hear people say, well, you've reaped it. My God, you're going to sow it. Excuse me. Now, what are y'all laughing at? You sowed it. You're going to reap it. Not if I repent. Not if I repent. Uh, Not if I repent. It's the best news you ever heard in your life. It's the best news you ever heard in your life. I mean, you read in the book of Revelation. And it talks about the wicked Jezebel. And everybody that was following her and all the awful, terrible things that they were doing. And it said judgment was coming. But the last phrase, it said, except they repent. Huh? You mean even Jezebel could be all right? (laughs) If she would repent? Yeah. Yeah. Have you read in the Old Testament about King Manasseh? Yeah, that's it. Oh, you talk about a wicked, evil man. He did every evil thing you ever heard of and a whole bunch of stuff I hope you've never heard of. I mean, you talk about evil, evil. 
And I mean judgment was coming and coming on him and coming on the country. And the Bible said he humbled himself and repented before God. And the Lord stopped it and set him free and put him back on the throne. You're thinking, no, no, he's been too mean. He's been too bad. He needs to be wiped out. Repentance is a gift. I said it's a gift. And it is the way out. It's the way out. Listen to this phrase. New Testament. Corinthians. If you will judge yourself. Huh? If you will judge yourself. Is this New Testament? First Corinthians. What will happen? You won't be. Judge. That's repentance. Back to Luke 13. He said, I tell you no. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Verse 4. Or those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them. Now this was not people doing bad things to other people, we might call this a freak accident. And yet people will try to read things into freak accidents and go, nah, they weren't just at the wrong place at the wrong time. When a building falls on you, God got you. You thought you were getting away with it, but boom, God got you. He said, apparently, there was a tower in this place called Siloam, and there were people around the tower, and all at once it fell, it collapsed, and it killed 18 people. He said, do you think that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Because that happened to them. Verse 5. I tell you. Nay. No. Not true. Wrong thinking. But except you repent. You shall all likewise perish. We need mind renewal. In these areas. What he's saying to them and to us. Why did that happen to them? Why did that happen to them? He said, you're asking the wrong question. He said, you're in danger of the same kind of thing happening to you. All of you are. Unless. (laughs) Huh? Unless. You repent. Well, what difference would repentance make? Repentance allows protection. Repentance allows protection. He said, and you're asking the wrong question. As we talked about last Sunday, the curse from the fall, from sin and death, is throughout the whole earth. We live 
in an extremely hostile environment, this place called earth. And one of the incorrect assumptions, because he said, do you suppose? So this is a, a, a presumption, an assumption. How can I say it? Well, everybody has a right to a safe, prosperous, happy life, don't they? Mess these folks over here. Yes. <laughs> Every everybody has a right to a happy, safe, successful life. Don't they? Don't they? Well, if you said yes, why? Why would you have a right? To a happy, safe, successful life. Why? Why? Just because you were born? Because you have lived so wonderfully. (laughs) The truth is, you don't deserve a happy, safe, successful life. Just because you're on the planet. See, so there's some things that have been distorted. And this idea of entitlement is completely devilish. All this is owed to me because what? Because you exist, things are owed to you. Because you're so wonderful and amazing. Why? Is anything owed to you? The truth is it's not. If it's owed to you. That leaves no room for grace. And that's why. This is so subtly. Woven into the ungodly world's mentality. Because the devil is the total enemy of grace. He knows. With enough grace in your life, you can receive anything. With enough grace, you can overcome anything. With enough of God's grace, you can become all that he ever intended for you to be. And you can live by grace and faith. You can have a happy, safe, successful, long life. But it's not because it was owed to you. Well, it's quiet in here. (laughs) Well, I think everybody has a right to. Based on what? Based on what? I'm an American. (laughs) Well, that's wonderful. But we're not talking about just America for a few years. We're talking about heaven and hell. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about all generations on the planet. Why do you deserve anything? Why are you entitled? Why is anything owed to you? If it's owed to you, you you shouldn't even be thankful. Come on, are y'all with me? Why? 
Because nobody's doing you any favors. You are entitled. It, it is owed to you. You deserve it. I don't like that word. Deserve. And yet you hear people say, what did I ever do to deserve this? And the answer is, plenty. If you want to know the truth, the wages of sin is death. Have you ever missed it? Then you got death coming. Unless. Oh, unless. You repent. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever shouted about being able to repent? Judge yourself so you won't be judged? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look with me. Well, you don't have to turn there. They'll put it on the screen for us. Lamentations 3, 22. A lot of folks got their pages stuck together back there. <laughs> Lamentation, so we don't want to take too much time on that. But what does it say? <laughs> Lamentations 3.22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Does that sound like you're owed a good life? I know we were riding along in the airplane. This has been a trip or two ago. and Somebody was asking. We were sitting in there all warm and comfortable. And uh, somebody said, man, you know, it's a, somebody's cold outside. I said, yeah, it's minus 65. <laughs> up at 43,000 feet. Wow. Minus 65. Wow. And there's not, there's not enough pressure either for lung, air to stay in your lungs. If you stepped outside the door, all the air in you would come out, you couldn't get any back in, and you would instantly freeze. Very hostile environment. Well, in many ways, that's earth. The curse is everywhere. Evil is everywhere. Come on, we, we need to not have religious blinders on. Let's open our eyes and look around at what's happening on this planet. It's full of evil. It's full of cruelty. It's full of pain. And we're not all owed great and good and safe lives. The truth is, it's not why did God do this to that one and why did God do that to that one. The thing is, if God doesn't keep you, you're not going to last long. And he won't have to do anything to you. Just him not keeping you, you will be consumed. You see how things have been twisted? Well, why did God do this to me? God's not doing these evil things to people. I think we need to camp on that just a little bit. Put up Matthew 18, 14. 
Matthew 18, 14 said, Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Say it out loud. It's not the will of my Father that even one of little ones would perish. Are there little ones perishing? Yeah. Is it God's will? Not a one of them. Friend, we do not need to idly agree with people. Well, I don't know why God sent that tornado into that area and killed that little four-year-old. He, he must have just needed another angel in the choir. Lies. 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 It was not God's will that even one perish. Luke 9.55, even Jesus' own staff, he had to correct about this. They didn't like it because they hadn't been received in a certain area where they had come. And so his disciples said, Lord, you want us to call down some fire like Elijah did? We've been wanting to try that. And with you here now, I think we could do it. I think we could get it done. We'll teach them. I bet you the next time we come to, we'll be treated better. Come on. Let's light this place up. (laughs) What is that? Destruction. And Jesus said, yeah, sometimes I do that. For reasons you won't understand. No. What did he do? He turned. He rebuked them. Why would he rebuke them? If God often is working destruction. They'd be hopelessly confused. What are we doing today? Destroying or healing? Have you talked to the master yet? I don't know. No, he is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He was the healer. He is the healer. He will always be the healer. He was the deliverer, the protector, the provider, good, kind, merciful. He always is. Always will be. Never changes. There's somebody else doing that. That's not God. Keep reading. He turned and rebuked them. And he said. You don't know. What kind of spirit you're of. You don't know what manner. Of spirit you're of. Verse 56. The son of man is not come. To destroy men's lives. But to save them. How many believe the words of Jesus? Then don't agree with people when they're telling you that the Lord was working destruction in their life to teach them something. Take them to the scripture. Said, no, 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 I can't can't accept that. The Bible disagrees with you. The Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Anybody remember John 3, 15, 16? John 3, 16, verse 15 says that whoever believes in him should what? Should what? Not perish. What's God's will? Not perishing. But have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should what? Not perish. But have everlasting life. In 2 Peter the third chapter. And the third verse. We need to be reminded of these things. They need to be built into our spirit. Because the enemy is always trying to lie. He's always trying to accuse the father of evil. Don't accept it. Second Peter 3. I tell you, skip down to verse 9. Verse 9, for time's sake. He said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any. How many? Are people perishing on this planet? Spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, are, are people being destroyed. Yeah, they are. And not a one of those cases of people being destroyed is the will of God. Not one of them. I believe the Bible, don't you? He is not willing that any should perish. Now, do you see the rest of this verse? How do you keep from perishing? What did, what did Jesus say? He said, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. Then the Spirit of God, through Peter, many years later, how many of this is no coincidence? This is no coincidence. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Why? Because if you repent, he can keep you from perishing. If you'll repent, he can protect you. He wants to protect everybody. But he can't. He can't keep what you won't commit to him. And if you're going the wrong way and you're giving place to the enemy, he's going to still kill and destroy. And the Lord wants to keep you from it. But if he tells you, quit doing that, get out of that, get over here where I can keep you, and you say, no, I'm going to do this, you're going to perish. But even if you've been going that way for 30 years, if you'll look up, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll repent, repent doesn't just mean cry and feel bad, it means change. If you'll change what you're believing and what you're doing and what you're saying, glory to God. Judge yourself, you won't be judged. And the Lord will be able to keep you. Now there there may be people that say, well, yeah, but now God's grace covers everything. Independently of anything you do. Look around. If God's grace meant all of his people are protected and kept without anything to do with them, why aren't they all kept and protected? Don't don't be foolish. We need to open our eyes and see what's going on in the world. What's going on in believers' lives? Right? No, it's not by works. 
It's not by earning anything, but we do have to agree with him. We do have to believe him. We do have to follow him. You got to give him something to work with. Right? (laughs) It's like giving. I mean, a million times zero is still a big old zero. Is that right? You got to have something to multiply. Something to bless. Something to increase. Who is doing the destroying? John 10.10. The thief comes not. But for to steal. And to kill. And to destroy. Revelation 9.11 said the angel of the bottomless pit. His name is Apollyon. That literally means the destroyer. 2 Corinthians 4.4 calls the devil the God of this world. Why is there so much destruction and pain on the planet? Because the destroyer is the ruling entity down here. And because of man's sin and disobedience. Because of the curse that is throughout the earth. And because of the continuous activity of evil spirits. Destruction is everywhere. Cruelty. Pain. I asked the Lord one time. I I was seeing some things that were hurting my heart. And I said, Lord, your love itself. If this bothers me. I know it bothers you. How do you tolerate this? The suffering of innocence. The pain and the cruelty. The destruction in the earth. How do you tolerate this? He spoke to me. I don't mean I heard an audible voice. But very distinctly inside me. He said. Son. It's very brief. I was not expecting that answer. But he answered my question. How he tolerates it. It's very brief. We think brief. It's a whole lifetime. Yeah, but to him, a millennia, thousand years, is like a day. We're the ones that don't perceive time right, because we've only been alive that long. Hmm? You ever try to talk to three and four-year-olds about waiting a week? They're like, a week? A week? A week? You might as well have said a decade. I mean, they, right? They're perce- But how many have noticed the older you get? What's a week? What if you'd been around for not thousands of years, not billions of years, but untold eons? You'd see things far differently. We need to see things through His eyes. From God's perspective, A lifetime, well, 42 years is like an hour to him. If a thousand years is like a day. So an 84 year experience of life would be like two hours 
to God. So if you're hurting and you're experiencing some difficulty and you're a child of God, many people he could say, hold on, trust me, five more minutes. (laughs) And I'll get you out of here. You'll be okay. Because for those who trust him, we, Jesus said, will never die. What does that mean? Well, your body might stop breathing and you'll slip out of your body, but you won't even know it. You won't even taste death. He tasted it for you, the scripture said. Next thing you know, you'll be outside looking, going, seeing your body going, oh, man, I didn't know I looked that old. It's good to be out of there. Woo. Then you're going to go, I feel good. And your angel is going to say, I got some stuff to show you. You ready to go? She goes, yeah. And you're out of here. I'm in a life of 120 years. It's just a little over two hours. God time. That's how he tolerates it. But he has a plan. This is the briefest thing we will ever do as children of God. We're going to be with him, ruling and reigning with him throughout the endless ages. But during our two hours, (laughs) and for a lot of us, that's down to an hour, right? Or less. So how many know why he's serious when he says redeem what time you got left? It is so foolish to get up and go and come back and go to bed and get up and act like you're going to live down here forever. It's so ignorant. Over 150,000 people will leave this planet today. Die. 150,000 today. Almost two every second. That's how many people are leaving here, leaving here, leaving here. It's a hostile environment. It's full of the curse, devils, and crazy people. (laughs) You need some help. You need some keeping power. Come on, are y'all with me? around you. You need angelic protection. You need the Holy Spirit's enveloping power in you, on you, around you, just for a couple of hours. Come on here with me to get you through, get you to run your race, finish your course, and then you're out of here. But you need, how many would acknowledge, I need him Every moment of every day, because without him, this world is a dangerous, dangerous place. Without the mercy and goodness of God. But we must put ourselves in his keeping and commit our life and our things to him. Submit to him, 
commit to him, follow him, walk with him, and, and enable him, allow him to keep us like he wants to. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen, amen means amen for me. So be it in my life. Amen. Thanks be to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let me give you a couple of scriptures and then we will, uh, we will take communion together. And in receiving communion, I want us to either do it for the first time or recommit our lives to his keeping and take communion over Listen to some of the words of Jesus, whom we have reiterated today, his words are for us. His words are for you, for the church, for me. Luke 10, 17. Words of Jesus. Luke 10, 17. The 70 returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through your name. Verse 18. He said, I saw, beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He ain't what he used to be. (laughs) He don't like for you to say that. So I'm going to say it again. (laughs) The devil ain't what he used to be. (laughs) We need to say it again. The devil ain't what he used to be. To be. You know, the scripture said in Hebrews that the Lord destroyed him that had the power of death. He ain't what he used to be. <laughs> Next time he bugs you, tell him that. <laughs> he'll, he'll leave you. He, he is so proud. He don't want to, oh, it bothers him. Oh, it, it hurts him. <laughs> you say, I hear. <laughs> I hear you ain't what you used to be. <laughs> he comes and says, you ain't going to make it. This is all you go. You go, well, let's, let's just put that aside right now. I hear <laughs> that you have been brought to naught. Is that true? I hear you ain't what you used to be. How's that feel? (laughs) I hear you running out of time. Have you read Revelation? Because man, there's some stuff in there. Said the time is short. Short. Tick tock. Tick tock. I read a big old angel is going to come down a big one, a big one. With chains. He's going to grab you. Put them chains on you. Throw you in the pit and shut the door. What you going to do? What are you going to do? Tick tock. (laughs) He will leave. He does not want to hear it. (laughs) He said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power. To tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Come on, get this next part. Get to, and what? And nothing 
shall by any means hurt you. There's a place of walking with him where none of the enemy's stuff can touch you. It can't hurt you. You believe it or not? It can't hurt you. Even under the old covenant, people who trusted him, he was able to keep and protect. Is that right? How many remember the three Hebrew children? That threw them in the fiery furnace. It was so hot that the people that threw them in died. But the king looked in. He said, what am I seeing? I thought we threw three men in there. I see four. And that fourth one looks like the son of God. Am I seeing right? They said, oh, you're seeing right, king. You're seeing right. And the Bible said... He said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt. Fire couldn't hurt them. Why? Because they're in there with the Lord. They're walking with him. They had committed themselves to him. They wouldn't bow to the king's word. They had committed their lives to God. And he's keeping them. They threw Daniel in the lions then. Because he wouldn't quit praying. And and after he'd spent the night in the lion's den all night, the king came in and he said, oh, Daniel, are you okay? Are you okay? He didn't expect to hear anything. And a voice came and said, oh, king, live forever. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. He said, my God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth and they have not hurt me. Yeah. They, they hadn't hurt me. Oh, somebody say they didn't hurt him. They didn't, they didn't hurt him. Is this New Testament? You better believe it's New Testament. Mark 16, 18. Part of the great, talking about the Great Commission, going into all the world and preach the gospel. Among other things, believers will take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing. It shall not hurt them. I've been in different places, in the country, out of the country, different situations over the years, and ate something that I realized later was bad. How many, have you ever eaten anything that was bad? You can tell, especially a few hours later. You can tell. Uh Uh-oh, I ate something that was bad. More than once, I'd begin to say this. If I eat any deadly thing, it shall not hurt me. How many know God can put an anointing in the lining of your stomach? In your entire, he's done it for me. Repeatedly. Where I would have been in the bed, I would have been unable to minister. I know it's happened to me several times. And praise God, by the grace of God, it didn't hurt me. If you drink any deadly thing, if you eat any deadly thing, if you happen to be in the den with some deadly lions, if you happen to be in the midst of a deadly fire, if you're going through this deadly place, 
called earth day in and day out. If when you get off, repent. See how quick you can get. Come on. It's dangerous out there. See how quick you can get back in. How many think there's a lot of people? They ought to get back to God. They ought to get back in church. They ought to get back with their believer friends. Why? It's dangerous out there. It's dangerous out there. The devil's laying for you. And it's not, why did God do that to them? He's not doing that to them. There is a destroyer. And it's not God. We shouldn't be shocked when something bad happens. The earth is full of, can you see what Jesus was saying? Why did this happen? They said, why? He said, no, no, you're thinking wrong. All of you can perish like that. Any of you. Except. Except. You repent. What does that mean? If you repent. Stay with me. I can keep you. The first part of this we shouted for minutes about Psalm 91. You remember? That whole passage is about God keeping you. Why? Because you submitted to him. You put yourself. Under the secret place of the Most High. Under the shadow of His wing. Come on, is that right? Yes, and when you did, the arrow couldn't get you. The bullets couldn't get you. The plague couldn't get you. The curse couldn't get you. He kept you through a whole long life. The end of it said, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. I'll show you how I can save you. How I can keep you the whole time. Hallelujah. You and I don't have to die young. We don't have to die middle-aged. We don't have to die from a disease or from an accident or from violence. Is our God bigger than that? Is, is he bigger than that? If we'll submit ourselves to him and commit everything we are and have it and follow him, best we know every day, he will keep us. We'll run our race, our entire race. We'll finish our entire course. And one day we'll look up old and satisfied. We've done it all. We've completed it all. And we'll be able to say, my God kept me. He kept me my whole life long. And he got me to this place where I'm now ready to go. Hallelujah. I'm ready to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. I'm ready. I made it because he kept me. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, let's lift our hands. Let's praise him. Let's glorify him. Oh, thank you, Father. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.